Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. It's the summer, which means that we are taking a break here at the Gate Crashers Podcast. And instead of offering weekly episodes, we are going to be offering you a handful of interviews that we will air here and there throughout the summer. These are interviews with industry professionals and authors who share their stories and their insight. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this summer interview. Today on our summer interview series, we're joined by the powerhouse author duo Sophia La Puente and Jared Schusterman. Sophie is an author, screenwriter, and has received a master's degree in fine arts at UCLA. She's also worked as a producer and casting director on an Emmy-nominated show. Jared Schusterman is the New York Times bestselling author of the novels Dry and Roxy, both published with Simon & Schuster. Sophie and Jared are partners in every sense of the word, with love and multiculturalism as an ethos. They have co-author credits in Gleanings, the fourth installment of the Simon & Schuster bestselling Ark of the Scythe trilogy, Together, the couple writes and produces film and television under their production company, Dos Lobos Entertainment. Retro, their upcoming young adult thriller, will be released with Simon & Schuster in January 2023 and centers around the main character, Luna, her fight to save her struggling family, and a competitive social experiment that turns sinister. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Gate Crashers, Jared and Sophie. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Love you. it. Thank you so much for having us today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I have definitely read some of your published works already, but I'm really excited. I'm excited for both retro and gleanings. And I know we were chatting a little bit before. It's a lot of work that goes into being a published author, isn't it? It is. No matter if you're two people, it's a lot of work. It's yes. absolutely insane. I mean, things have changed so much lately as we were kind of talking about. Now it's the minimum, as you were saying, it's like a 40 hour work week just to do the minimum of all the marketing that goes into to just exactly. being an author. And then we're thinking all the time, wait, when are we going to write a book? Because we have all this marketing <laughs> to do. Yes. And you start to think, and then people go, what's your favorite book that you're reading right now? And we're like, if I only told you how much I wished I could be reading a book right now. Right. <laughs> if we were honest about how little we're actually reading. And yeah, it's it's a little bit shameful, but there's just so little time for it. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think I have read Retro maybe 20 times by, the po- by this point. I feel yes. like I have read, because you need to do notes and notes and notes. So I have memorized my book. <laughs> what are you reading? My book. Yeah, can, can right, I exactly. Can I read someone else's book, please? Yeah. <laughs> they say like no book is ever actually finished. It's just abandoned, with a, which I think is a polite oh, way no. of saying like, I'm so sick of this. I, I love it, but I cannot look at it anymore. It's done. It just has yeah. to be done at this You're point. You're going to give me nightmares with that comment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> but it's true. It's but true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Right now, I feel like we have a 40-hour job, like 40 hours you, 40 hours me. Yeah. So it's like 80 hours job. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's still a ton of work, even yeah. with the two of you, which yeah, is, is what I really wanted to dive into you dive into with you guys was your co-authoring experience because I think that this is something that a lot of writers and a lot of our listeners they have an interest in doing but Mm -hmm. sometimes just the sheer logistics of it 
and also, you know, the kind of intimidating, how do I share my creativity with somebody else? Because it's a very yeah. intimate thing. Yeah. Um, I think that prohibits people from going into co-authoring, but it can be a really rewarding experience. Okay. So I was wondering, um, you know, just right off the bat, communication has to be absolutely critical with the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say I it. am learning, but I'm getting better. <laughs> but, 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 but it's true. I mean, I think that the main thing that I've learned apart from communication is that, and I think it's just good period to have as, as an author and a writer is that what you write isn't necessarily always so precious as you may think. It allows some mm -hmm. ideas to be disposable because when you're dealing with two people, yeah. we have a Venn diagram of what we like and yeah. what's in the middle gets done. And um, and it allows you to be humble where if you, I write something that's five pages and she goes, boring, I don't like it. <laughs> then I have to go, okay, I just wrote this thing that I love and now I have to kill it. You know, we kill, yeah. we kill our darlings. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. We have a rule that is we both have to agree that that goes to the book. It's almost like voting. Like, yes, yes, yeah. then it goes. If one of us says no, then it's not going. We need to recheck, we can adapt, we can move, or we can delay, but it's not going. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Because, I mean, yeah, like, it's not like one of you can just go into chapter three and decide, I'm just going to change something and just yeah, not no. mention it to the other person. I mean, you have yeah. to let each other know. So is there like a specific, do you guys use track changes in word? Do you have like a story Bible that you use or something like a, a daily work diary to like, let each other know, this is what I did. This is what I changed. This is what I'm thinking about changing. How do you guys keep track of that stuff? Colors. We yeah, use, use colors. colors. She <laughs> loves colors. Yeah. She's a color girl. And I, yes. I, and I think the colors are very helpful. Um, yeah. well, we do colors. So right now our, if you look at, you know, any of our manuscripts, they are just every single color possible and the different colors mean different things. And then we mm -hmm. start to lose track of what those colors mean to what time. So <laughs> right. then we put it black again and then re-update, re but yeah. yeah, it's colors. So then I'll go through, if I'm doing edits, I'll put it in pink this time. And then, and then I'll go, all the edits are in pink. She'll see them. She'll do the same for me. I maybe will do blue. red if I don't like something. Maybe yeah. orange if I'm doubting. Let's talk, no? Let's have a talk about this. Right. But first, before getting into there, we talk what is coming. Like, okay, in the next two chapters, imagine she's going to the movies, a ghost is going to appear, she's going to run away and cry talking with her mother. Okay, let's go with that. And from there, we'll start to write. And then we have some things we really want to put, I want to talk about this thing or put that sentence or that joke or that whatever song, yeah. whatever thing, right. right? And then it has to be there in that seven pages. And then we start to write. And for Sophie, she'll, she'll come with a lot of, oh, I have this funny joke or I have this. this or Spanish sentence, right? Like, because our character is half Spanish, half Mexican. So it's like, I want to use that sentence that we use in Mexico, we use in Spain. So Like, for example, right. so the desert. What? The coke can in the desert. Ah, yeah. Expression we say in Spain is, uh, don't think that you're the last Coca-Cola in the desert, which means like, I don't think you're that important. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <it makes> <laughs> but we don't say it. So it's like, oh, well, that adds value in English. You translate it and like yeah. this, this character. So we have things like that. So she'll, yeah. she'll come up with those types of things and we'll just talk everything together. Mm -hmm. We do intense outlining, intense character interviews intense mm -hmm. all of that we just talk a lot before so when i go into a scene she actually even knows the beats or if she goes and jumps into a mm -hmm. scene i right. know the beats that we've already established 
mm-hmm. all those character and emotional beats and what the twists and turn will be. And then sometimes some new things come. Um, and then half the time it's no, half the time it's yes. And, and yeah. then we just go from there. And then uh, we use a, how to say, work in Google Drive? Yeah, we use Google, Google Documents. Google yeah. Documents, mm-hmm. because yeah. that allows us to see what the other one is doing or be at the same time talking and writing. Yeah. So. Right, yeah, that's crucial because it would get really old emailing each other. Constant, yeah. new, updated, no. Just, well, we have the internet, we have much better technology. Yeah. <laughs> just use it, right? Make it work for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And I love that you guys work together, especially with that outlining, because I think people who are, you know, more pantsers that kind of fly by the seat of your pants writing, it would be really hard to co-author. But if you're plotting things out, if you're outlining things, you know, at least you can hopefully avoid some of those conflicts in the editing phase because, well, we already agreed to this up front. We both already like the idea. Exactly. Yeah. When one of us improvised, the other one is like, wait, one second. See, it's when he was going to do this thing. Like, you woke up this morning that inspired? No. <laughs> Why this? Yeah, we, we definitely are complete planners. But, I mean, we, we're used to it because we kind of have a start in writing screenplays. Yeah, um, right. Um, so because of that, you're calculating things. I think a lot more with a movie, you don't just write a movie, you know, like you, yeah. there's certain structures. I mean, when you're writing television, there's, it's designed with five, out the hour long episodes are designed with five different breaks just to keep people hooked for the commercials. So, I mean, right. you have to be thinking of these things. Yeah. So we went into We've been it, there. we went into it with a really commercial mindset, um, knowing that things have to be talked about, have to be calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Perfect in that sense. Yeah. And then I feel like, um, I would say that we, we obviously talk the things and the thing is like well, we think we have to change something because we live together. Mm-hmm. Normally, if any idea comes, we're in the supermarket or we are whatever. So we can talk about it kind of immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. so there is no problem. We're at Trader Joe's. She's like, we're going to kill this character. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and Everybody's then people, people around us think we're crazy. She's like, we're going to kill him. We're going to throw him inside of the... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, hold on. We're yeah. in public. <laughs> yeah. When when we're out in public, us... us writerly people we're we're not the normalist bunch i i made a new friend at a conference just a couple weeks ago and we were getting off the elevator 2 a.m we closed down the hotel bar and there was another gentleman on the elevator with us and we were chatting about something oh murder and um, (laughs) yeah of course and i i made the comment of well you know you can just feed him to the pigs and pigs will just take care of it and she says yes but they don't eat the teeth so you have to make sure that you remove the teeth first and this poor guy is just like getting yes. off this elevator the entire time. <laughs> I feel like uh, writers, we should have a hat, a teacher that says, be careful, I'm a writer. Right. Yeah. So then people know what's going on. We should tell the government too, because, you know, our Google search histories are definitely oh like. God. Oh, yeah. Totally in our TikTok, right? <laughs> They say you can like get your own FBI file. I've considered requesting mine just out of curiosity, you know, like, yeah, really do they? Do they think I'm trying to kill somebody? I'm not, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing about working together is like, we know what we do. Like we have different things that we do better. Mm-hmm. So for example, it's obvious he writes better English, like grammar wise, like, I mean, it's not my first language. So I know he's going to be better doing descriptions. For sure. example, because you know, some cool adjectives that I totally understand the meaning, but maybe it's not the first one that comes to my mind. Right. Well, I like a lot to do uh, character development. 
Um, and twists. And twists. She's because yeah. I watch a lot of thrillers, so I love it. And then love scenes. I mean, I've been watching, you know, 1 billion 16, uh, I don't know, TV shows for teenagers, my whole right. life. So everyone has their things. I Sometimes I'll write something from, you know, we write from a female's perspective, typically always first person mm -hmm. from a female's perspective. Um, we know most of our readers are yeah. females. So yep. um, I'm writing this and she's like, a teenage girl would never think like that, Jared. What are you <laughs> doing? And I'm like, okay. So I'm always having to take a step back with a lot of these things because the perspective that we're writing from, from the character mm -hmm. is a teenage girl who uh, is of Hispanic background. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's not necessarily my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, so I'm learning. So, right. we, so between those two things, we really, um, we really bounce each other out. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it really is a 50-50 when you, and you know, and for new writers out there or just writers who have been writing forever, but wanna, are thinking of writing in a partnership with someone else, I think the, the, the kind of mandate is just like, just do it because you're going to find your, their strengths and their yep. weaknesses. And if, right. if you push forward, there's always going to be a relationship that's made, but you have to be open to compromise. I had to be open to go, listen, I'm not going to be taking the, the helm on, on this, you know, teenage girl's feelings. I'm just, yeah. I have to take a back seat and you have to be humble to go, that's not my strength. Yeah. Um, and, and then by doing that, now I know a lot more than I ever did before about how to write those characters. And hopefully yeah. someday, uh, you know, I won't need as much guidance <laughs> in that realm. Right. We'll Always good to ask for help when you have questions though, you know? Yeah. yeah. But that, uh, that dovetails perfectly because I know when some people co-author, like there is usually some sort of divide on the responsibilities of the project. And some people do it where, you know, there'll be two point of view characters in the book. And I'm going to take this character and you're going to take that character and we'll kind of meet in the middle and we have to approve each other's dialogue. Or I have another friend and she co-authored with a male writer and um, breaking traditional like gender stereotypes. She wrote all the blood, all the gore, all the fighting. And then he wrote all the romance stuff because that was what they were both just better at. Oh, yeah. um, and it sounds like you guys have developed a way to really make a single cohesive author voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that's something that you think is just specific because of your relationship. Do you think your history in screenwriting helped to feel that? Because screenwriting, you know, you don't watch a TV show and say, this feels like there were four writers in that room. You know, yeah. it all feels cohesive. It's one world. That's a really good point. And that's a really good question. Um, I think, I mean, I think definitely us being, you know, in a relationship together, is huge because we know each other so well I yeah. mean we I know I know what kind of things sometimes Sophie would like or dislike when I'm writing it and she'll know the same with me mm -hmm. um it, it helps that relationship you have just to kind of like talk about I used to write with my dad Neil Schusterman mm -hmm. and because he, he was kind of my mentor growing up I knew how to blend with his his style of writing because I knew him and he knew me right so so much of of what we do together is because of our relationship and yeah i think we use it for the good you yeah. know like some people uh i don't know text us on social media like if i write with my husband i will kill him by chapter two <laughs> and it's like i feel you you know fair enough yep uh if you enter with this you need to think if you know your husband if you know that it's going to be conflict do it with your friend you know what i'm yep. saying like, absolutely he, realistic like first you need to know if, not for, it doesn't work for everyone which is 
100% okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, you know, we started this before even we were married. Like, yeah. we were just, I mean, at the beginning of our relationship, we started to write together scripts. Yeah. So it's been a step-by-step -step thing. So I think we were able to make it work. And I think something really important, we admire what the other one has to bring Mm -hmm. the table uh, writing wise i think that's really yeah. really really important we reckon we don't just we don't just respect the strengths and weaknesses or the strengths mm -hmm. we admire the other person's strengths so it's mm -hmm. not just allowing them to be it's actually like no i'm glad that you have that i'm glad that you bring yeah. that i wish i brought that i don't so let's yeah. defer to that person on in that subject so there'll be certain yeah. things where i go sophie i really know this is the right way to spell yeah. this out like this is the way this sentence should go and sometimes she'll fight it. And sometimes she's right too, because she knows things about grammar from an outside perspective right. that, uh, that, you know, when you learn languages as a second language, you learn things about grammar sometimes better in certain ways than people who have it naturally. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. I use sometimes words that he thinks, oh, that's not like, it's not, it doesn't exist. And then we check and it exists. And I'm like, you see? <laughs> and some are, and some are like, I mean, this, British. <laughs> this word is blowing my mind. It's okay. There's a word called flavory. Have you ever heard of the word flavory? Like flavory? Yeah. Flavor. Not flavorful, but flavory. Apparently it's a word. A word. <laughs> Sophie said it. And I was like, that makes me want to eat right now. Like what a great word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was real, but it's great. So I'm like, wow, that needs to be used in the commercials. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah that's fun. like that's totally a snack food commercial like yeah yeah, Bengals. yeah. yeah exactly so, <laughs> yeah. All, and that's just a basic one but so often because you know spanish is is latin based um mm -hmm. all of the cool words that i love like have in english have really easy translation yeah. you know like anthropology anthropologia like yeah, so all of like the big fun words she she um she knows really well and kills it on mm -hmm. and well, she'll bring things to the table i'm like uh-huh <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's put that in. That's awesome. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, my last question here for you guys, um, and you touched on it a little bit, uh, and it's what I would call the baby naming rule where, yeah. but you both have to say yes. If one person says no, you can't name the baby that. And that yeah. is settling disagreements. So when you're writing your book, you mentioned, you know, you kind of treat it like a Venn diagram. And the only things that can go in are where you both overlap and where you both say yes. And so you both have the, I don't want to use the word power, but, you know, you both have the own, your own autonomy within the project to say, no, I say no, we can't. And yeah. you both have to respect that. It's a, it's a two-way street, which I think is great. How do you feel? Um, do you have any advice for people on how to settle conflicts in a co-authoring relationship if someone is just really adamant it has to be this way and the other person is adamant no it has it, it cannot yeah the one who's saying it has to be this way is wrong and gotcha. the one who's saying it cannot is right because yeah. art at the end of the day people should know that art is the or that writing is the art of exclusion not the art of inclusion mm -hmm. one million things you could write about right now yeah but writing it this one way is going to be the way that could win you a national book award right and and that's how you have to look at you have to look at it like you're walking through a minefield um so the person who says no is the general right one and that can be frustrating it can be really frustrating if you love something if you mm -hmm. love it but that's just, that's just not how it works for us and you know we have our venn diagram of me and sophie and you know my circle is generally a lot bigger than yeah. her circle 
she had really, this, really little this circle. Is hers. <laughs> it can be frustrating for me because I'm like, I have this idea, like I have this idea, like I have this idea, like, and then and then Sophie will say, I have this idea, like, and because my circle's bigger, I'll go, okay. And we end up going with a lot of the ones that she likes, and I get denied more. But um, here's the thing, really important. I said, when I don't see an idea, I go, like me could be another reader. You know, like I'm just another reader for one second with your idea. And I'm already telling you it's not working. So I could be one reader saying it's not working. But if two of us agree to one idea, there is more chances the reader is going to say, I like it. Yeah, so great. yeah that's a great point. It, it works for us. And the other important thing, because this thing of voting yes or no, it makes you have to let's understand the speech. Why you think it's a good idea, right? Yeah. Go deeper. Mm-hmm. Don't just say it will be good if she takes a trip. No. Why it will be good? Because right now, the way her feelings, it will get explode this side. So it allows you to know them better why you're coming with that idea, if it's good. Maybe at the beginning, I say, no, I don't see it. But then when he really explains, I go, oh, wait, you know what? The idea, no, but I see the point of the feelings. Let's go the other way. So I think that it opens a lot of debate, and that's great. Yeah, that's really true. And often there's the note behind the note, right? Like, for example, maybe if I give a note, but it's not a great note, Sophie can go, hmm, well, I realized why you were saying that. And I realized the impetus for that. But maybe what you suggested wasn't a good fit. But the fact that you suggested that you need, we need to change something there, that's right. And here's a better answer. And yeah. we come up with a better answer together. That happens um, again. So that's another thing as well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. This was all fantastic, helpful information. Thank you so much for joining us today at Gate Crashers. We absolutely loved having you on. Uh, and we definitely appreciate all the insight. I know our listeners are going to just love that. So before we go, do you want to give us one last shout out for retro? Oh yeah. Okay guys. Well, we're so glad that you're listening to this podcast and taking time to listen to us. Um, we're really excited because we have a book coming out January 24th of 2023 called retro. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're just so, so, so excited for it. It's kind of just imagine if there's a major cyberbullying incident that happened. And um, in TikTok, a company like TikTok came to a high school and said, we're going to offer you a, uh, a scholarship to the school of your dreams if you can make it one year without technology. Modern technology. Modern technology. So no mm-hmm. phones, nothing like that. And you're going to go retro. So it becomes a thriller. All these kids are having fun in their retro gear, going and driving their old cars, old music, but then students start disappearing um, one by one. And it's up to Luna, our main character, to figure out what's happening why are these people disappearing and how is she going to win this challenge um so yeah it's a thriller it's fun we're excited cold yeah. retro coming out soon we are there are coming soon the link pretty so. lecture coming soon cover reveals coming soon all of that and then um just also wanted to say everybody who's listening feel free to follow us on um social media we're at sophie and jared uh sophie s-o-f-i-a and j-a-r-r-o-d um for like stupid fun videos updates all that cool stuff (laughs) yeah i love seeing you guys on tiktok (laughs) awesome well thank you again for joining us and good luck i'm sure the retro is going to be a huge success thank you so much much (laughs) thank you thanks yep thanks have a good one thank you for listening to the gate crashers podcast This has been one of our summer interviews. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave us a review. Hit me up on Facebook on my agent page and be back in a few weeks for a brand new episode.